Welcome back to the program. Let's get started. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord our God, creator of heaven and earth, you who are our Father, I thank you and praise you for the gift of our lives. Lord, I ask that you would watch over us, give us that sense of fatherly covering over us. I thank you, Lord, that you are the author of all life and you have authority over all that you have created. And I ask in Jesus' holy name that you would bless us, bless all those who listen to this program. Touch them, Lord, in the core of their being. Stand with them at their point of deepest need. Lord, bring them peace. And Lord, for all those who are being harassed or oppressed or obsessed or experiencing any kind of demonic infestation or diabolical disorientation, I pray, Lord, for the gift of taking up the spiritual weapons that you have placed at our disposal, that we would fight this heavenly battle while we live here on earth. Lord, give us that grace today. And Lord, in a very special way, we do pray for Cardinal Burke. We ask for his recovery, complete return to health quickly. I thank you, Lord, for hearing the cries of so many on his behalf. But I also join in not only praying for him, for Cardinal Burke, but also for all of our bishops, priests, and uh, deacons, all of the ordained clergy, especially Pope Francis, for their spiritual well-being, that they would be anointed to be for us leaders, providers, and protectors, priests, prophets, and kings, that they would grow in holiness and shine forth with your radiance. And I pray also for any of our loved ones or family members who are battling the COVID virus or who are serving on the front lines to help those who are sick. Jesus, just give them strength. Give them uh, uh, the ability to to, um, play their part, Lord, for those that are the medical professionals and for those that are sick, that they would get better and uh, would come into an awareness of the right treatments and be able to access them quickly. And Lord, we also pray for um, those places in the world that are experiencing serious degrees of unrest and danger. I pray for Afghanistan and Kabul around the airport. I pray for South Africa and the unrest there. I pray for all of the devastation happening in and around Haiti, of, uh, as a result of natural disasters and civil unrest and uh, economic conditions. I pray for our southern border, Lord, that you would care for those who are poor, care for those, Lord, who are fleeing dangerous, difficult circumstances. And Lord, guide our civic leaders, guide our politicians and uh, our government and the different states involved, Lord, to, uh, to truly uphold human dignity and uh, protect human life, Lord. And we make this prayer in Jesus' holy name. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, lots to cover today, lots of stories, and just things I want to share with you um, about our life of faith. You, you heard me pray kind of a pretty serious prayer in there about spiritual warfare, and that's going to be a theme I'll talk about. I know that that's a theme that maybe we don't talk about too, too often here on Sound Insight. Um, on this program, 
Um, I do talk about the enemies of our spiritual life, the world, the flesh, and the devil coming after us in a variety of ways. And I think maybe I focus more on the world and the flesh than I do on the devil. But I'm going to talk about um, spiritual warfare as it specifically relates to fighting against the realm of the demonic, diabolical forces and powers that would attempt to uh, attack, that do attack us that come against us, especially as we strive to live lives of holiness and honor the Lord uh, in our own lives and in our families. And this should not be a surprise. This should not be something that catches us off guard. But this isn't something that should worry us as well. So I'll I'll be talking about that and, and really focusing on holiness, but also other remedies that the church has provided in her wisdom, in her tradition, Um, in the lives of great saints. So I'll talk about that during um, a good portion of the program. Uh, But I want to begin with um, this Cardinal Burke situation. Um, And even before I talk about that, just a just a quick update, just something to to be aware of and maybe think about this um, in your own life of faith. How many times when uh, do we all of a sudden increase our fervor, our devotion, or the intensity of our prayers when things go really bad? Or things, we feel things to be um, very vulnerable and out of control. So, for instance, I mentioned um, on the program last week that my daughter Mary Grace had come down with COVID-19. And she had been experiencing um, some symptoms that were more serious than we had experienced them. She seemed to be impacted with uh, nausea and dizziness and... Um, in a way that none of us had, and we hadn't really been aware of that as a symptom. And then we began to find out about some other cases from other folks that we know from church who mentioned that, um, oh, that was a symptom of theirs as well. But um, uh, she was sort of laboring through the sickness by herself. Um, Her roommates had uh, kept her quarantined, and so she was feeling the isolation um, of of the of the COVID reality without having her family around, without having us around. And so there was a degree of powerlessness that I felt. There was a degree of sort of feeling like out of control, like there was no magic formula to play to pray. There was no magic bullet that, okay, this is gonna definitely take care of it. No questions asked. How many times do you find yourself in that kind of circumstance? And when you do, then all of a sudden The degree, the intensity, the fervor, the devotion of our prayers to God become like really serious, right? That's sort of the, you know, the the parachute God. At the end of your rope and you're falling and God send me the parachute, right? So uh, I know that that's something that we've heard about, but isn't it true that when we become aware of situations that are like bigger than we are, outside of our ability to control, manage, or figure out on our own, that all of a sudden we come to God with a much greater degree of, well, the word's dependence. Lord, I'm relying on you because I don't got this. Lord, I can give my guidance over the phone. I can send texts of encouragement. But at the end of the day, but beyond all of those bits of counsel and and support that I can do from a distance. My daughter's in God's hands. My daughter is in God's hands, and there is a great act of entrustment there. Now, this is actually going to tie into a theme I talk about later 
where when we look at the ways that the devil wants to enter our lives, disrupt our peace, undermine our faith, it'll go all the way back to the fall and the facets of the fall, facets of original sin, utilizing pride, disobedience, and mistrust or doubt. And so those are the three main facets of original sin. Stand against God as being proud, not wanting to be humble, disobeying the Lord, not wanting to live a life of obedience, but rather uh, a life of self-determination, self-will, and um, ultimately doubting the goodness of God, not trusting or wanting to entrust ourselves to God. And so that can show up in situations where we are like I was last week with regards to my daughter, Mary Grace, where it's like, okay, Lord, you know that I trust you and I've got confidence in you and that you're, take care, you're taking care of us, Lord, but okay, Lord, this is getting harder. This is getting harder, Lord, because she's not getting better. She's been sick for a week and she's getting discouraged. And when I hear her voice, my fatherliness comes out and I just want to like comfort her. I want to somehow take care of it, but it's out of my hands. It's out of my control. And so I want to say this, if, if you can relate to that circumstance, if you can relate to that kind of, and, and it might be about COVID, it might be about a, a health issue, it might be about your finances, it could be about a relationship, like what's happening with my spouse. It might be a personal problem, right? Some personal sin that we have in our own lives. And, and it, in any one of these circumstances where we see these kinds of things, um, or, frankly, it can just be human situations that our kids are facing. Like, as I'm recording this program, Carrie and Mary Catherine are on a plane, and they're on their way to Pittsburgh, where Carrie is going to take Mary Catherine to orientation at Franciscan University, where she starts as a freshman. Uh, orientation begins um, uh, on the 19th. So I'm recording this on the evening of the 18th. So Thursday, uh, Thursday morning, orientation happens. And Carrie was talking about this and she's just like, wow, you know, there's a, a great act of well, what? Entrustment. There's a sense of, Lord, we're, we're putting her, you know, we're putting her in your hands, you know, and well, we're putting her in the hands of Franciscan in, in her own hands, right? <laughs> but you get it. But doesn't it make you want to pray more? Like, don't these kind of situations and circumstances want to make you pray more? And so I, I, I want to say this, that when we come up against the awareness, the concrete awareness, this consciousness of those places in our lives where we don't have it all controlled, all together, managed, and we're feeling that sense of vulnerability, not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing that God uses that. God uses that to draw us close to him. God uses that to help us to realize that we aren't completely independent from God. We don't have it all together and all worked out. And in those places in our lives where 
we don't have that same kind of awareness. Like, oh, I'm comfortable in my home. I'm comfortable with my finances. I'm comfortable with my job. I'm comfortable with my health condition. I'm comfortable with the things going on in my family life. Everything's good because it's all managed. It's all like I've got nice, I've got walls of defense around all these things. Is that as healthy spiritually as it could be, right? To be in the midst of all of that, let's say, uh, protected situation from harshness and difficulty, from trials and, and, and places of need, are we really surrendered to God? Are we really completely reliant on the Lord? Are we completely available to God? Or does it become easy to be, well, a bit apathetic or indifferent to the Lord, to his plan, to his purposes for our lives? Frankly, the degree of comfort and security and a sense of I can manage with the things happening in my life, those things themselves could be a great temptation for us to be self-reliant in an unhealthy way as compared to self-reliant in a healthy way, you know, uh, that the Lord can rely on me. He's given me a brain and he has given me certain matured capabilities where I can be responsible, but I do so in the awareness and the light of God versus doing so saying, God, you can kind of take a break. I've got this covered, right? So I want to say that having my daughter, Mary Grace, be at a distance and have COVID and not recover so quickly, you know what? The Lord used it. He used it to drive me to my knees more regularly with a greater sense of, here's my phrase, holy desperation. Holy desperation. Not desperation in a needy, controlling way, like this is the only thing I can do to get you, God, to take action, but a holy desperation that says, Lord, I've got nothing but you. I've got no one but you. Lord, you are our Father, you are the good Lord. You will take care of my daughter no matter what. No matter what that looks like, she's in your hands. And then my daughter, Mary Catherine, Lord, take care of them as they travel, but Lord, you've got them. You take care of them, Lord. So when we face these kind of situations in our lives and it drives us to our knees, it turns us to God with more fervor and devotion, don't just think of this as a bad thing to get over, be done with, and then go fall back to the comfortable, secure life that didn't need God. No, 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 no. Hopefully these things can be a help to have the scales fall from our eyes so that we can become more aware that even when we are in the most comfortable, surrounded settings and everything is cared for at a visible level, we are just as in a situation of holy desperation as when we actually existentially feel it. Back in a minute with more Sound Insight. Welcome back to Sound Insight. This is Tom Curran, and it's great to be with you today. And just before the break, I was um, just talking about that um, even when things are like feeling good at a human level, right, they've that existentially everything's good and we, we got this, that we can still interiorly make that act of holy desperation before God. 
Lord, even though everything at a human level looks really good, I'm just reliant upon you. I look to you, O God, and I express my fundamental need for you, Lord, your strength and your grace, and without those things, I will fall. So with that said, I'm not praying for you to experience trials and tribulations and situations of entrustment. I know, hey, look, any of you that are parents or grandparents or great-grandparents listening, I'm sure that you live on the razor's edge of, oh God, please help my children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren, my family members. And then as you're getting older, your own health condition, God, I just experienced my own limits so radically. Please help me. Please help me. So these things are all real. And so be grateful that the Lord uses them. He uses them to draw us close to him. The other part to this is when the Lord does move and brings relief and release, does provide protection and provision, does shepherd us forth from trials into safety, out of the bondage of Egypt, through the desert, and into a promised land, when he brings us to a place of refreshment, when we recover from broken circumstances, when health is restored, do we remember to thank the Lord? Do we remember to praise him as intently, as fervently, as frequently, as devotedly as we cried out to the Lord to ask him to move when the difficulties were happening? That was something that I became uh, particularly aware of so as I, you know, found out that my daughter had COVID and I, I was praying intently, daily checking in, crying out to the Lord, praying with her, praying for her, and feeling that just sort of carrying it around, that sense of, Lord, just please heal my daughter. I don't want this to get really bad. That when she started getting better and when she got better, it wasn't like, whew, I can stop those prayers now. Let me move on to something else. But those prayers of intercession, where I was praying for her, now became prayers of thanksgiving, prayers of great gratitude. I thought of the story of the 10 lepers who cried out at a distance, Jesus, heal us. We know that you have the ability to heal us. And as they went to go show themselves to the priest along the way, they realized that they were healed, and only one came back to thank Jesus for the healing. What happened to the other nine? Weren't they healed? Yes, they were. But you know what? It was like, okay, we figured out the secret formula. We knew who to go to. We knew how to ask, and we got what we wanted. Let's move on. No, it was the one who comes back praising God, thanking the Lord, acknowledging Jesus as the source of this great healing. Lord, thank you. Thank you, Lord. How do I ever thank you, Lord? And it's that that I think we also, we, we fall short on. We fall short. And so I, I, I know for me, it's something that I'm more attuned to. And I was talking about it with Mary Grace. I said, Mary Grace, as uh, intently as I prayed for you and with you over these days, I'm now intently thanking Jesus for the blessing of you getting better and better, returning to health, 
And, um, and, and she acknowledged that she was like, yeah, you know, you're right. That's, that's true. That, that's a good point. So I, I share that with you to say, when things are getting out of control, don't just feel like I can't go to God because I'm now going and, and just like letting God rescue me like, like a parachute in a, an emergency circumstance. No, the Lord's using it to draw you closer to himself. Praise be to God for that. And then along the way, as you are crying out to the Lord, as the situation is unfolding, thanks be to God, you're learning how to rely on him. You're learning that you're not self-sufficient in all of the biggest things in life, but we're called upon to rely on the Lord. That God wants to play this part for us. He wants to lead, provide, and protect us. And then after the fact, as he cares for you and responds to your needs and shows his fatherly love, well, then thank him. Thank him fervently, frequently. Be just as uh, devout in your prayers of gratitude as you are in your prayers of intercession. So, um, that came to mind. That's just sort of my introductory point. <laughs> when I, I heard Ron sent me a text saying Cardinal Burke has COVID and is in a difficult circumstance. And as a result of that, uh, the uh, the organizers of the men's conference happening, what was going to happen in Coeur d'Alene, coming up in a couple of months or six weeks from now, um, they had to cancel it because of uh, the, you know, the, the likelihood that he will have to take time to recover and uh, just the unknown quantity, uh, realities of his situation. And, um, and so I wanted to find out more about his situation just to be able to pray for him and, and, and just to share. So now this is the latest news. The, the news, the press release are being given by the Our Lady of Guadalupe Shrine, the Shrine of Our Lady of Guadalupe in um, Wisconsin, that Cardinal Burke, when he was the bishop there, um, established this shrine. And so they're the ones who are giving um, giving the announcements. And so I'm going to read the press release from the 17th. And I'm doing so for two reasons. The first is to give you a sense of what his actual condition is so you can pray for him. But then the second is I want, I'm going to tease out these themes that are related to spiritual warfare and the way in which our attitudes associated with growth and holiness are powerful spiritual weapons that battle against evil, battle against demonic forces that attack our lives, that come against our families. So I'm doing that for two reasons, right? So this is guadalupeshrine.org. This is the press release from the 17th. The outpouring of love, prayers, and support during his eminence's hospitalization. Eminence is a title um, that is used to address a cardinal, right? His excellency is a title used to address a bishop. So his eminence's hospitalization uh, has greatly consoled his family, edified those who serve him at the shrine and elsewhere, and testified to the character and virtue of the man whom so many consider a spiritual father. We deeply and abundantly appreciate this charity, and we give praise and thanks to our Heavenly Father, 
especially for the brilliant and faithful service of Cardinal Burke to the church he loves so profoundly. As of August 17th, his eminence remains in serious but stable condition. His family, who with the team of doctors is responsible for all medical decisions while the cardinal remains sedated and on a medical ventilator, has great confidence in the care he is receiving. The cardinal has received the sacraments from priests nearby to him. There are several relics in his room. Um, I'm going to come back to that. I'm going to come back to the use of the sacraments and relics. But uh, the striking here, to, to, to pray for him, he's in serious but stable condition. He remains sedated and on a medical ventilator. So that is serious COVID impact, huh? Um, and so it talks about not sharing more about his situation and um, talks about the fact that the only updates of significant changes will be posted on the platform. So then there's a message here that is the point of my focus. Nothing falls outside of God's providence. Nothing falls outside the reach of his grace. These are spiritual truths we know and that the Cardinal has taught us by his own example of fidelity in trust and surrender to the good God. Confidence in these truths opens us to the peace the world cannot give or take. Were he able to speak with us now, he would tell us what he has always taught us, that our Father in heaven is good, merciful, just, provident, and sovereign, that we are his beloved children, that he will never leave us orphans, that we should not be afraid of the cross as the way to eternal life, that the sacraments are the most direct channels of grace, and that we do the soul the greatest good by receiving Holy Communion often and by going to confession regularly, that we should say our daily prayers, that we should love one another as Jesus Christ has loved us generously, even to the point of heroic sacrifice. And one more thing so important and so dear to his eminence, that we should pray the rosary frequently and fervently, and so place ourselves under the mantle of Our Lady, confident in her maternal love and intercession. Please continue your prayers for Cardinal Burke and for his family, particularly at the Holy Mass and in praying of the rosary. We're filled with gratitude for the abundance of prayers and love for this faithful son, and servant of the church. A beautiful message. It was from the director of the shrine, Father Paul Czech. And um, a beautiful message. Nothing falls outside of God's providence. Nothing falls outside the reach of his grace. And so even this trial, this difficulty that Cardinal Burke is facing right now, God wasn't caught off guard. The Lord didn't have his back turned. And so the approach that is being taken here is a very beautiful one and a powerful one. And in many ways, it links up with, it corresponds to the message that I want to unfold for you now. And it's related to um, how we are to recognize and engage in spiritual battle. How do we, you and I, not priests, not exorcists, not consecrated religious sisters. Uh, we lay people, what ought we to expect and how are we to fight the spiritual battle 
that gets waged against our lives. It's important to know this. This is a theme that I would say it was sort of a year and a half ago when the COVID situation emerged was a theme that showed up. You go back about a year and a half before that, and you had the um, abuse scandal with Cardinal McCarrick. This was another time when we had a uh, recognition of the fact that we're in a spiritual battle as a church. So whether it's at the um, the the proper way for Catholics and Catholic Christian believers to live in this world, one of the facets that has come out into prominence that has been highlighted with greater recognition because of what was happening in the world around us and in the church is the fact that we have an enemy. We have an army of fallen angels, demons, that are about the task of undermining and overthrowing our faith. They hate us, and they will come against us personally. They'll come against our marriages. They'll come against our family members. And there is an entire tradition in our, uh, if you look at what the lives of the saints say, tracing all the way back to the scriptures of the reality of this battle and how we ought to fight it. And so, in talking about this, I'm going to unfold it in three ways. The first is to address it through the lens of our own growth and holiness. It's living out holy lives that provides us with the best protection. Holiness is your best protection against demonic attack. Did you hear that? Holiness is your best protection against demonic attack. Oh, by the way, holiness also makes you an object of demonic attack. <laughs> Oh my goodness, insipid mediocrity may not make you an object of attack because you're not a threat to the domination of Satan in this world or the attempts that Satan makes to dominate in this world in different circumstances, but neither does it give you a protection against uh, demonic influences that will lead you further into apathetic mediocrity in your own life of faith. But that's not the, those aren't the people I'm talking to today. You are folks that are striving intentionally to live as Catholic Christian disciples of Jesus Christ. And there's nothing more that the demonic would want for you but to hold you back, slow you down on the path to holiness, because that will be not only your greatest protection against them, the greatest armor, but it'll also make you that much more powerfully used and useful to the Lord in the work of spiritual warfare. So we'll talk about growth and holiness and focusing in on the antidotes to original sin. And then we'll talk about some of the church-established means in things like sacramentals and devotions and then the third thing I'll do is actually pray a deliverance prayer for use by the laity that I use on almost a daily basis. All right, all this in a moment. Welcome back to Sound Insight. It's great to be with you today. So three things I'm going to do in the, this section and the next, the two remaining sections of the program. 
The first is to talk about three fundamental spiritual attitudes that are antidotes to three facets or three manifestations of original sin um, in our lives that what how did original sin come about the temptation of the devil right satan tempted adam and eve and when you think about the fall the eating the eating of the forbidden fruit there are three fundamental manifestations there are other like aspects uh, or types of sins connected with the fall but i'm going to focus on the three dominant ones that have played a part in our spiritual tradition if you read the lives of theologians and saints and then talk about those attitudes as providing protection armor spiritual armor as we face spiritual battles right so if you read ephesians chapter 6 you'll see that uh, in our spiritual warfare against the realm of the demonic these various types of demons that are mentioned these fallen uh fallen spirits that it's all these spiritual attitudes right it's it's faith and it's truth and it's humility right all of these different spiritual attitudes these are the armor of god that you put on the the word of god so um i'm going to focus on that part first so as we dive into this when i say holiness is your best protection what i want to say to you is this you don't have to be afraid do not be afraid of the fact that you are engaged in spiritual warfare apart from your choosing warfare comes to you you don't have to choose to go after the devil or go after the realm of the demonic the realm of the demonic is going to come after you and is already attempting to worm their way into your relationships into your family's life into the the the, the atmosphere of your home into your own thinking stirring up images and memories attempting to uh, place temptations uh, in your in your mind, uh, all of these different things. And so it's a reality. You might as well learn how to battle it. So I mentioned that there are these three. The three sins, if you say original sin is one thing, but what was the temptation? Original sin was a temptation to, to do what, to commit what sin? I mentioned that in our tradition, there are three dominant, ways of discussing the nature of the sin the first that you probably uh would jump out and i said what kind of sin was original sin it was the sin of what well pride right pride is the the first and and really the most prominent that the sin of adam and eve was a sin of pride and um and why well because if you read the temptation it was um why would you uh, why are you prevented from eating the 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 uh the fruit from the, the the tree of the knowledge of good and evil um and it was well we were forbidden well and the devil's temptation was well you become like god knowing good and evil you'll become like god and so the sin of pride was to elevate ourselves to stand over against god I don't want to be dependent on God. I don't want to be reliant upon God. I want to have that independence. I want to have that control. I want to have that sense of um, I am the master of my own reality. I want to be the center of my own life. And we know ultimately that's a fool's approach to life. Ultimately, we, we know that. We live, we get older, we die. Right? We're not in control. You weren't in control 
over your life at any point because you didn't choose to be born. God created you. But there's this amazing like veil over our minds where we somehow want to withstand God being God in our lives. And we will stubbornly cling to that false consciousness, that false way of seeing ourselves or life. The antidote is humility. Humility is the antidote to pride. And so one of the greatest ways that we will arm ourselves spiritually and surround our families spiritually is through acts of humility, through acts by which we lower ourselves before God. And so I encourage you to ask the Lord for opportunities to grow in humility. Sincerely, I mean this. Do you want to have greater spiritual protection over your family? Do you? The answer is yes, of course you do. Especially parents. Do you want to have a greater realm of protection over your family's life? Pray for humility. And give permission. This is, a, this is again, this is a, a tradition that we have. Give permission to have your guardian angel bring you every day an opportunity to grow in humility. I know that sounds hard. It happens. I did this one Lent, and it was stunning. I could not believe all the opportunities the Lord gave me. And I'm going to say, man, my guardian angel must have been thrilled with that opportunity. I got to tell you, I've been uh, listening to some videos about like guardian angels, the guardian angels of St. Padre Pio, the guardian angel of St. Faustina, um, listening to some talks on these like quotes from their lives about their relationship with their guardian angels. And one of the things that they highlighted in their own sharing was the sadness they had that their guardian angels witnessed them sinning, witnessed them falling short of their call to holiness. And I just thought, wow, I never thought of that. It was really good. It was humbling. So pray for humility. Men, I'm telling you, spiritual protection over your kids, over your teenagers, pray for humility. And you will be prompted. It's going to happen to you. You're going to be prompted to make an act where you lower yourself. You're going to make an act where you're going to go ask someone for forgiveness. You're going to make an act where you're going to say, I was wrong. You're going to make, you're going to make an act where you're going to have to say, I let go of that. And it's, it, just do it. This is, this is you engaging in spiritual warfare, doing it for your family. And so humility, humility will be a tremendous source of strength for you. The second, remember I mentioned those sort of three facets. If I said to you, okay, let's go back to Adam and Eve in the fall and ask, what kind of sin was it? Yeah, it was pride, but what other kind of sin? What other sin was involved by Adam and Eve eating the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? Well, the second theme, sin, 
that was reflected upon is disobedience. And it's so natural, right? Of course it's disobedience. I will not serve, right? That was Milton and Satan in Paradise Lost. I will not, non-serviam, I will not serve God. I will not serve. So you can see how that's another facet, but distinct from pride. I've heard, but I'm disobeying. I heard, but I won't follow the prompting. I will not listen. And so what's going to be an antidote for that aspect of original sin? What will be a source of strength and protection spiritually for you and your family? It's obedience. It's obedience. And so not only will you, I encourage you, engaging in a spiritual battle, make acts of humility, and ask your guardian angel to give you the opportunity to grow in humility each day, to humble yourself, to lower yourself in a praiseworthy manner so that God will lift you up. God will lift you up. Not you. God will lift you up. God will be the strength by which you overcome these battles that are in your life. The battle is not yours. The battle is God's. Humility will allow you to see that. But obedience is the second. Obedience means what? It means that Every day, you're going to get these promptings, right? If you listen to my program a couple of days ago, you ta- I talked a lot about the promptings of the Spirit, how we yield to the Holy Spirit in our lives. Well, this means if you're going to learn to be obedient, you need to be listening to God's Word. So I'm going to encourage you every day, read your Bible, the liturgy, the hours, or go to Mass, or all of the above. Do acts by which you are going to consciously sit at the feet of Jesus, intentionally sit at the feet of Jesus. You're going to be looking to him. Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Samuel, Eli the priest, saying to Samuel in 1 Samuel 3 in the temple, the Lord is going to speak to you tomorrow, and you say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. You say, like Abraham, ready when the Lord calls your name. Ready, here I am, Lord. I say yes in advance to what you ask of me. Spiritual protection, spiritual protection, an act of spiritual warfare. You will grow in your own layer of protection around your life, you will be battling spiritually for your family when you make great acts of obedience, following the promptings of the Lord. What does that look like? I'll give you a couple of simple, simple, even cutesy examples after the break. Back in a minute with more Sound Insight. Welcome back to the program. This is Tom Kern. It's great to be with you all today. Hey, I do encourage you to go to mycatholicfaith.org. Um, I'm going to do a few more of these calls to action. I really um, would love your support. Hey, this is one of those obedience and humility. Maybe this is a humble, humble and obedient act I'm asking of you. Go to mycatholicfaith.org. When you go to mycatholicfaith.org, not only will you find all of these programs in podcast form, But you'll also have an opportunity to go rate the program on Apple Podcasts. Right there, you find a little button that says Apple Podcasts. When you click on it, it'll take you there, and you'll be able to offer a comment and rate the program. Give a five-star rating if that's what you believe. Um, That would be awesome. As you do that, you're going to actually help the program gain visibility to other Catholics. So that'll be a beautiful act of helping to spread the news about the Dr. Tom Curran podcast. And so as you do that, more Catholics will benefit, hopefully, and be blessed by this program. 
you also do that if you do that and you um, if you'd like you can subscribe um, on the the um, on the website to get free resources once a month or even more than that I'll be giving away a free resource so right now this month I'm giving away a free copy of my new book on marriage a gift from God that's right marriage a gift from God and um, in addition to that, it's in digital form. Uh, in addition to that, there are also some talks on marriage um, that are meant to be a blessing to you. So if you'd like free resources, yes, they're all free, no cost required, um, you can go to mycatholicfaith.org. And if you just type in your email address, we will know where to send these resources to you. And then you'll be all signed up. Um, and you don't have to do anything after that. Once a month um, or more, we'll send you resources, um, talks you can listen to, um, free of charge, free of charge that will help you grow in your faith. You'll also find on that website um, a history of other interviews that I've done on video in our studio with some really prominent guests like Scott, Dr. Scott Hahn and Father Spitzer, Father Jacques Philippe, and many other wonderful speakers that I think you'll be blessed by those interviews. They're really, they're called evergreen. The value of them continues. Okay, well, there you go. There's an act of listening and following. Maybe I'm the voice of God for you today. Maybe that's a temptation to pride for me today. Ooh, spiritual warfare happening here right on the program. Again, that's mycatholicfaith.org. Today I'm talking about spiritual warfare and the battle we have to fight, and we fight it by growing in holiness, and we grow in holiness by acts of humility, ask your guardian angel. We do so by listening to God's word. Have a Bible, get a Bible, get up, open up your scriptures, maybe read the scriptures of the day, get a liturgy of the hours, you can follow a divine office app, lots of ways for you to get access to God's word as the church is serving it up today, or just read, just read the scriptures Open up the gospel and just start reading. Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. You will learn to listen to the Lord by taking actions to listen to the Lord. It's amazing how that works. But another very cutesy way of doing this is that as you say that, Lord, speak, your servant is listening, and you go about your day, you're going to get these little promptings to do things like, um, for me, it is little things that serve my family. Like, you know what? Don't go sit down and enjoy a show right now. Clean that kitchen. Or, hey, go spend some time with that daughter. Or, hey, go turn off that light in the bathroom and pick up those little pieces of trash on the floor. Or, hey, um, take some more time to pray quietly rather than watching that video. Right? There are so many little, little things that become, you know, faithful little things the Lord will make you faithful in bigger things. So that's the second. The third sin that is prominent in our tradition, and it's the one that John Paul II highlights, is that original sin is not only an act of pride, it's not only an act of disobedience, it's an act of mistrust. It's an act of doubt. It's an act against faith or radical trust and entrustment to God. And so the third way for us to grow in our own spiritual protection of our families and to engage in spiritual warfare through holiness is by making acts of trust and entrustment to God. And so I really believe that so 
profoundly, having really immersed myself in the study of St. John Paul II's writings and appreciating uh, some of his insights into the spiritual life, his message of mercy, that so much of our life of faith today, in a scientific age, in an age that wants to stand apart, is to learn how to entrust and give over. And so making acts of trust, acts of entrustment, I find so very powerful in this regard the Father Delindo Ruotolo message of Jesus to us, Jesus, you take over. Jesus, I abandon myself to you. Take care of everything. That beautiful, beautiful prayer from Father Delindo Ruotolo, R-U-O-T-O-L-O, Father Delindo Ruotolo, Jesus, you take over. So I really encourage you to um, make those acts of trust. And so a great place to do that is at Mass. When you go to Mass and the gifts are being offered in the offertory, you entrust all that you are, all that you have, all that you love, your past, present, and your future, all of your family members, and all of those most pressing situations right into the cup, right onto the altar. You give it all to Jesus. Just give it all to Him. And when you learn to do that at Mass, you'll learn how that overflows from Mass, and you'll begin to do that every day. And so I have found a very powerful way to combine these three, these acts of humility, obedience, and trust, is praying the rosary. I mentioned it, that there are sort of three elements I'm going to talk about. The first is growing in holiness. The second is using devotional aspects, sacramentals, as part of our spiritual battle. Holy water. I have this beautiful epiphany water. Um, you've heard me talk about it, but get holy water. Bless yourself. I, Whenever I go to a hotel room, I bring some epiphany water and I bless the room. Who knows who's been there? I bless that room. I bless myself. I have that epiphany water, holy water available for my family right in the kitchen so my kids can bless themselves every day. It's a really beautiful and important way that we help protect our families. We use beautiful sacramentals, holy cards. Um, we have those super relics you've heard me talk about, these beautiful statues, icons around the home. But the spiritual weapon of praying the rosary, you don't want to doubt that powerful act what is the rosary? Is it an act of humility? Is it an act of obedience? Or is it an act of entrustment? And you know the answer, right? The answer is yes. It's all of those. Now, I promised to pray a deliverance prayer. So I'm going to finish the program today by praying this deliverance prayer for use by the laity. It's called a prayer of command. And I encourage you to get this book, Deliverance Prayers for Use by the Laity, and pray these prayers as an act of spiritual warfare and protection for your family. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. In his name and by the power of his cross and blood, I ask Jesus to bind any evil spirits, forces, and powers of the earth, air, fire, or water, of the netherworld and the satanic forces of nature. By the power of the Holy Spirit and by his authority, I ask Jesus Christ to break any curses, hexes, or spells, and send them back to where they came from, if it be his holy will. I beseech thee, Lord Jesus, to protect us by pouring thy precious blood on us and upon our families 
which thou hast shed for us. And I ask thee to command that any departing spirits leave quietly without disturbance and go straight to thy cross to dispose of as thou seest fit. I ask thee to bind any demonic interaction, interplay, or communications. And I place all those under my authority, my parents, my siblings, my spouse and my children and all of their families, the places where they live, their vehicles, their finances, their ministries, their identities and their missions, Lord, their relationships and all the places where they will go this day under the protection of the blood of Jesus Christ, which he shed for us. Amen. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. And I encourage you to get this book, Deliverance Prayers for Use by the Laity. It's published by Census Traditionis Press. You can find it on Amazon, Deliverance Prayers for Use by the Laity, because it goes into the, like, the theology of authority, that when you pray, the Lord has given you authority. You're baptized. You have authority as priest, prophet, and king, especially in those relationships where God has established you. And so you can pray with authority to bind demonic interaction, demonic influences that are coming against you and those under your authority, parents, siblings, spouse, and children. And then I extend that to their families. Pray with authority, with confidence, knowing that the Lord, he is acting through you to protect your families from these satanic attacks. Don't be afraid. Make great acts that help you grow in holiness, acts of humility, acts of obedience, and acts of trust. Use the sacramentals of the church, especially holy water, and the praying of that beautiful spiritual weapon, the rosary. And then use the authority that is given to you by praying deliverance prayers that are appropriate for your situation, your status in our life of faith in the church. I hope this was a blessing. Join me tomorrow for more Sound Insight. God bless your day.